Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. Welcome back to the Boiling Point. Before we do anything... Are you welcoming me back again? I'm welcoming you the audience, always Dave. Back. Why do you keep throwing me under the bus? Okay. Before we do anything, we've got a new way of, of starting this episode, yes. Dave, which is we're so excited that we've got this thing called Patreon mm-hmm. hooked up now. So our, our supporters, and I want to call our, our people who listen to us... Well, and actually, if you go on it and look, you'll notice that our guest... Dr. Kelly Van Buskirk is one of our biggest supporters. That's right. So, so you'll see his so this name exciting. high up. In, so we yeah. actually have one of our supporters um, uh, as our guest today. And you're right. He's been donating, what's about $7,000 an episode? I think yeah. He's been donating. yeah. Anyhow. Proceeds, pa- proceeds from his book. We're going to talk about that in a sec. Patreon.com is a really cool place. It's kind of like Kickstarter, but it's ways for our fans and our supporters to say, hey, every time uh, Dave and Gray put an episode out, we'll give them a dollar. You know, it's like, it's like microfinancing and being a patron of the arts in a way and uh, so look us up patreon.com p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com and then just type in Boiling Point Podcast and it's a fun way to help us keep this podcast going because we love making it and uh, we've got a whole big support team behind us that help helps us do it all kind of out of love and may I add yes you may it helps us by our guest time because this is this is not an inexpensive interview. That's right. That's right. We actually yeah. had to uh, spend a lot of money on uh, on Dr. Kelly. Sorry, <laughs> this is <laughs> Kelly. We're not we're not always as loose, you know. No, 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 no. no you, just on this, it's much tighter than this usually. <laughs> no, no. I know. Anything. I know he's going to throw me. Now, well, no. But on the subject of Patreon, I'm just wondering, and your <laughs> listeners are probably wondering, Greg. Is there a way for listeners to contribute to, to one you? and not the other? I know. And, and not to Dave? And not necessarily well, the sure to Dave. Well, sure is because, uh, Kelly, thank you for asking. Uh, Greg Hemmings actually has his own Patreon. So if if, uh, if our supporters want to just uh, patronize me, right. uh, that's very possible as well. Thank you uh, very much. And I see that that's the lawyer opportunist coming out uh, in a way. Cause the pragmatist, really, the, because the pragmatist. I think people listening to this <laughs> podcast would probably immediately come to that question in their mind. And, and Kelly, thank you so much for bringing that no, up. fine. Uh, <laughs> Dave, do, do you want to introduce our friend Kelly? I will. I, after that, I would love to. Uh, you know what? He goes, for years, He's been, I've called him Dr. Van Buskirk. He, is, he truly can be called Dr. Van Buskirk now. He is the, the one of the, the um, top employment labor lawyers in Atlanta, Canada. I think it's fair Canada. to say. Uh, I don't know about or that. Or Canada. I'm a lawyer. Let's say that. And he is in Atlanta, uh, Canada. And he is, and, and I've had the the good fortune of working with Kelly, uh, uh, working um, actually having him work for me. Um, I've actually been able to coach hockey with him, which has been a great experience. Greg wants to talk about hockey. He, he'd love yeah. to talk about I, I do, hockey. I do have some funny, actually, in a few minutes. I can actually and, talk about hockey and, but, but more importantly, Kelly, um, and I'll let, and Kelly will do a better job of, inter, of, of introducing himself, so I'm going to do. But um, he is, um, I would call him a renaissance man. He's a man of many talents. And, um, and, and one of the things I want to talk about today is a book that he published, I guess, in the spring. Um, and Kelly, why don't you jump in? 
Sure. Um, tell the tell tell our listeners why you you decided to uh, to donate um, you know to Patreon on on my behalf, and then sure. and then I'd like you to tell us a little bit about the book. Well, Dave, first I I decided to contribute to Patreon on your behalf, and keeping in mind that the you know the split between you and Greg will be decided later. But but <laughs> for for your part, I looked at those Nike skates that you had. And I just knew that they needed to be replaced, and so that was really nice uh, you know what? You know what? That, unfortunately, there's some truth to that. Yeah. What about some of the gear I wore? Well, in I, coaching. I didn't know Greg that <laughs> Nike was still producing Carl Vadney white skates. Oh, you didn't know that. from the seventies. Dave, Dave's, Dave's got a pair. And uh, and then he's got sort of a Jofa salad bowl hockey helmet that I, the whole the whole look is really unique. My first time I skated out, he goes, "Kids, this is what you don't want to look like here." <laughs> Kelly, have you ever watched the TV show uh, Eastbound and Down? No. With uh, the baseball ex baseball player? No. Okay, promise me you'll watch. You'll find. find okay. There's this amazing uh, opening episode of of the lead character riding a, a really old sea dew with a. Uh, how shall I say, with a topless lady uh, on the back. <laughs> and he does this crazy, like, a hook turn on it, and she goes flying into the water. Okay. And he just boots it back to shore. <laughs> and that's the exact same type of CD that Dave has. <laughs> there is some truth to that. There is some truth to that. Uh, I'm not suggesting Dave, Dave uh, uh, acts like that. He's bound down very funny. I don't uh, at all uh, condone that type of behavior. No, of course. Uh, no, no, never. <laughs> so tell us about your book. Right. Well, the book is a book that I uh, wrote after some studies in the United Kingdom. And it's all based on a study that I did uh, concerning employees here in Canada and what employees are motivated by when they think about making legal claims against their employer. And so the book hopefully sheds some light on what it is that uh, causes people to sue their bosses and, you know, what motivations are driving them, how those motivations change over time, and then how the law either responds or doesn't respond very well to the to the motivations that are actually behind those mm, claims. That's so interesting. It, it yeah. really is. Now, and, and the motivation for writing the book was what? I think the motivation for me is that after a couple of decades in this occupation and working with people on both sides of that of that dispute fence, um, employees and employers and actually unions as well. Um, I, for me, the interest fell in the in the area of seeing a disconnection between what employees want, what employers think the employees want. And then watching as everyone beats themselves up and or has their lawyers beat each other up, mm -hmm. spending time and money um, pursuing, I think, an outcome that in some cases nobody wants. So I found that all very interesting and, and uh, thought it would be interesting as well just to explore it a bit more deeply. What, what, what are some of the classic examples where employees are like, I'm, I'm taking this guy or this, this girl to court because this is not, I'm not being treated right. What, what are a few of the classics that, that pop up? Well, I think um, a lot of it has to do with communication, which wouldn't surprise very many people. But um, 
quite often it's a case where an employee feels as if they've invested um, a part of themselves in, in their employer's business. And so quite often it's, it's a person who's been employed for five or 10 or 15 years, often more than that even. They feel as if they've contributed in some significant way to the, to the success of the business. And they feel that their dismissal uh, or the end of their employment is being portrayed in a way that's not really truthful. So that seems to be the biggest motivation for a lot of people is a feeling of perceived unfairness and not what employers often think is the motivation, which is, you know, recovering more more money. And it's not always that simple because obviously each person's an individual is motivated in individual ways. And so there are some employees who would perceive the recovery of money as the as the main driver for their legal action. But there are just so many more that see the recovery of money as kind of a hollow, you know, a hollow prize mm. and not the prize that they're really after. Right. So, uh, oh, sorry, Dave. No, uh, go ahead. Okay. I, I was thinking the... Um, the tight contracts that your firm uh, has helped us with, right? Uh, as well, because I, I think both Dave and I are probably clients of uh, Lawson Creamer. Yeah, we. Yes, I don't think we're breaking any confidentiality there. No, um, I think we're allowed. To, I think we're allowed to say it. There. That's right. Oh, yeah. there you go. Bam. Yeah. Um, so tell me about Greg's contract. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> there you go. Um, what What would you say the best advice would be then? Because for me, as an employer of employees right. that I care deeply about, right, I want to make sure. And it goes back to communication. Right. We signed employment agreements a long time ago. Right. Things change over a period of time. Right. What's the best advice to make sure we're revisiting the terms of our contracts or expectations or if the business tanks, how, what does exits look like? I, I, I don't know because I can see this happening for an employer without the employer knowing that an unfair um Expectation is being set, or I, sure. I, I, I don't know. Like I, I, I love this conversation because both I can understand both sides of the right. of the story here. Yep, and I think most people can. And and on your question, it seems to me that this is really common, where uh, a person is hired by an employer um, to fill a particular position, whether it's a technical person or a salesperson, and and then quite often that that employee will be promoted or moved into a lateral position or there will be some change to their employment terms, whether it's salary or benefits. And and the question is whether or not the employment contract that was made at the outset of the relationship survives those fundamental changes that take place during the relationship. And the answer legally is typically not. And so I think it's important for employers to think about uh, how they can um, attach their uh, contractual interests to the new relationship. Um, and there is a way to do it, but it's not uncomplicated. And so frankly, and it's, it's unfortunate to have to say this, but um, in our current legal state, I think that uh, employers and employees are you know, well advised to look at those changes from a legal perspective and try to get some legal help to make it official, right? Mm -hmm. And and then communicating that with the employee that like the employer 
wants the best for everybody working for them. Right. But there's way I can see this happening. Like something ha- awful happens financially in the company, people have to go. Right. You know, but you could be terminating somebody that has that feeling of, well, I've given up a whole other of opportunity of a different career to work for you uh, to help you build your business. Yeah. Which well, no, and I think like the the piece of this that I find so fascinating when I've talked to you before, Kelly, is this idea of the psychological contract. Right. You know that that um and and, and I'd love you to fill in the blanks here, but it's this idea that I guess maybe a lot of employers or employees even consider, but people come in with expectations of what the relationship should be, right, right. on both sides, and and as I understand it. When those when when there's well when those expectations aren't met on one side or the other, even though sometimes they're not fully understood, maybe at the outset, right. that causes conflict and could turn into a, you know some sort of legal proceeding potentially. Would that be fair? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the psychological contract concept arises in so many aspects of life. Um, for example, if you go to the coffee shop and and um, order a cup of coffee, uh, the the person behind the counter might give you the cup of coffee, um, but it might be cold. And and in a contractual setting, you might say, well, wait a second, this isn't what I ordered. And that person would be qu- quite right to say, well, no, no, give me your money because you did order a cup of coffee and I gave it to you. You didn't say a cup of hot coffee. And I think... I think that in employment, the same thing is true, that all of these expectations or understandings Mm -hmm. develop over time. And because it's such a dynamic relationship, that's bound to happen. That has to happen. That changes in in expectations will will transpire over time. And so so in my mind, um, having clarity around what can be expected uh, is important, and I think that clarity can be derived from contracts. Well, let, let me throw this out to you. Like, I'd be curious what your opinion on this. So, and, I, and I've actually done this with a couple of people that work with, that I work with. Is um, I, and I think it's getting at the root of some of this, but it's just it's like upfront saying, you know, when it, when if if a, if a dispute of some sort arises, how do we want to solve it? You know, and we have, and we actually go away and we write down the answers to a series of questions. I mean, I wouldn't maybe call it dispute, but, and then we come back and we discussed it, and uh, and 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 then it helps us kind of navigate the water. And there's nothing we didn't need a lawyer to do that. Right. But I think what it does for for is is clarifies expectations right off the bat. So I mean, in one case, I work with someone who uh, for for a number of years, when it's gone through all, all the downs of the business of life, there's been a divorce in there. All these crazy things have happened. And, um, you know, we have this idea that if something comes up, you know, she says she'll bring it up and, 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 and it doesn't matter when, you know, and I respond to kind of what that, that concern is. And she just wants to know that she can just voice her concern. And it's helped us get through a lot of things because right. we have something very different than, than I would kind of need in the same relationship. Is that, does that make sense? Absolutely. In fact, um, in one of Michael Moore's documentaries, and I forget which of the documentaries it would be, he talks a lot about... Um, a common provision in uh, American contracts, which is an arbitration provision. And, and the arbitration provision is um, one that um, requires the parties to take their disputes to a private arbitrator instead of to the courts. And Michael Moore makes a good point in his documentary, in my mind at least, that taking 
uh, or being forced to take your dispute to a private arbitrator instead of to the courts ends up hiding a lot of mm. bad things or potentially bad things. Because you can be forced into that scenario. Right. Who's suing? Is that? Yeah, okay. exactly. Like if in an employment context, um, the the employment contract signed at the outset of the relationship might say that listen, if 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 you the employee and we the employer have a dispute at some point down the road, then we agree now that that dispute will be decided by a private arbitrator. Wow. That's intense. Yeah. Yeah. But on the other hand, there's some potential benefit to that too, right? Keeps the courts open too, or or takes the bear off the courts, I suppose. It does. And it, it, you know, it um, protects both sides. That would happen a lot in... um Sports, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like that's a big thing. In, that and in, in Greg's, you're you're very familiar. I've heard with about sports. Number yeah, of the, number yep. of the leagues around there, but they they would have usually use binding arbitration that sort of thing. Right, you know, right. And so the the benefit of it is that both sides have some confidentiality and and they're able to protect their reputations, right, from some potentially negative information that would otherwise be public in the court system. The downside of it is that. Um, stories that may ought to be told in the public realm aren't told in the public realm. Okay, yeah, yeah. But that's just one example of what you can do with a contract to, you know, to decide how things will be, how things will be determined if there's a fight. So here's an interesting thing that, and and I, and because I know, because I, I, you know, I consider you a friend, you know, despite, you know, how you, 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 you didn't create a psychologically safe environment for me as a coach when you made fun of my, my white skates and all that kind of thing. But, you know, we got and, through that. And your C-do. Yeah, and my, well, here's, and the my other C-do. Thing, <laughs> here's the other thing, Greg. I'm going to just tell you about hockey coaching, and I'm not an expert in hockey coaching, but... Yes, you are, actually. But, and Dave, t- to his credit, is, as we both know, uh, an extremely accomplished hockey player and uh, a near-pro hockey fighter. <laughs> Uh, at one time, but, uh, but even at one time he was a near yeah, pro. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> all in my head. That's yeah. right. But uh, but um, don't Google my stats. With <laughs> hockey coaching, and I think Dave knows this now. But but when <laughs> there's a famous story in our in our little uh, minor hockey association where oh, I was turning around on me when when you pull the goalie. <laughs> What I you have what, to do. I think what other thing, other terms when that when saying comes No, out. no, but well, it's actually pulling the goaltender. The goaltender leaves the net. The goaltender leaves the net because you want to get that extra skater out on the ice to try to score a goal. Well, well, somebody and and the coach really has to open the door, especially for the young players oh, who aren't tall six, enough. To, six and seven years old. Yeah, they have to be able it's to get a kind out the door. gesture and helpful and 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 strategically Smart. appropriate. <laughs> Um, but but if the coach ends up, I don't know what Dave thinks about this. We've never really talked about it in this way. But if the coach ends up being completely mesmerized by the game and <laughs> forgets is, to open the door, this your is strategic a true, this is a true story. Yeah, your yeah. strategic uh, advantage could be lost. I was, and it was in my case. I was in. I was supposed to open the door <laughs> to let a kid out, and and the goalie's pulled. <laughs> I was busy watching the game, and I hear this. David Bale, David Bale, <laughs> Kelly, wake I up! Open the door. <laughs> so I've never lived it down, to, and so now a whole bunch of other people know this story, which is a beautiful story. So, but here, but here's here's what I, here's what I was gonna get at. Yes, and this is and this and actually, be, there's two points. One is that I I should know better than to make fun of you guys because it just came back <laughs> on me big time. Second is no, but is you this book is. 
people would be surprised to hear a like you know a lawyer writing a book, but you're actually your your goal is is to actually help minimize the co- right. the legal costs associated with it. And in fact, um, you know, you you would support firms in in preparing so they don't have to go to court uh, or right. organizations and individuals, right? Um, because you know. There's a, in your estimation, as I understand it, there's a big downside to going to court because, um, you know, our, our justice system isn't really set up to, to, to manage a lot of these um, conflicts. Right. And one of the things that I learned in the course of the study that I uh, conducted with uh, Canadian employees was that a big fundamental concern for them is their reputations. And, and so one of the key motivations that employees have against taking legal action in a, in a situation where they feel aggrieved, they feel like they've been badly treated, um, the, is, is, is the worry that they have about their reputations. And so when, when um, parties go to court, uh, the court system, as it should be, is a, is a public forum. And as a consequence of that, both sides, the employer and the employee, can really walk away from the process having been splayed open for whoever's interested to see, right? Yeah. And and that, I think, is is a real problem. So for me, um, you know, the 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 court system is is great, and we you know we have uh, a really strong court system. Canada doesn't rank in the top of the world. The the Scandinavian countries are fantastic. I didn't know that. That's interesting. Oh yeah, yeah. in uh, in um, in the provision of justice, but but we still have a solid uh, solid court uh, system and a and a legal model. But but the big question is how can we make people satisfied without that expenditure of time, without that risk that it is incurred in the court process, without the um, the stress that goes along with it. Um, how how can we do that in a better way? Mm-hmm. Because I mean, it's really, and this must be an interesting place to find yourself at times. But it's not a really, it's a, it's not a productive, positive place to be when you're grappling through the court system to try to find a good outcome. Right. I mean, I just think of most people set up businesses. So if you know, if you have a disgruntled employee and you're spending a lot of energy fighting some legal battle, when you could be, you know, trying to live your vision. I mean, that's just not a fun place to be. And 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 for the employee, they don't want to be there necessarily. Right. right? I mean, it's kind of it's a necessity in a sense. Right. Right. Um, and I just so I just uh, you know that's kind of so I I really like that idea that you know that there's lawyers out there who are saying hey come to us you know, hopefully long before you have an issue, employer or employee, and let's help navigate it. So let's 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 not have to go to court if we can if we can help that. And I just don't I don't think a lot of um I think there's a, a stereotype around what lawyers are, are trying to accomplish. Yeah. That that or or maybe a maybe stereotype's the wrong word, but but there's it can be painted with uh, you know, I want billable hours. Right. Um and and I guess I'm and I, I come from a family lawyer, so I kind of think, well, no, there's actually there's actually a really good reason, and and I think a lot of people don't call lawyers for exactly that reason. They just see a, a big price tag around it, right? Right. And and um, yeah, so I mean, I'm speaking for you here because I'm not a lawyer, but I I think. But you play one on television. I have many times, <laughs> <laughs> and in my on the latest one, I have so many billable hours. I have a new sea do. Oh, nice. Yes, yellow. It's wonderful. Um, it's, I go fast. It's to- great. Totally to derail this conversation, but uh, back to Cedus. 
Um, <laughs> and, and U-turns. Uh, one of our our second guests on the podcast was David Alston, and he last year took me out on his sea do. I had my jeans on, everything. You know, just a quick little rip. Yes. And he did that. He pulled the move, and he did the the U-turn. Did you fall? I flew full close. My glasses <laughs> went out into the Bell Isle, sunk to the bottom. Uh. I was like, dude. What, what were you thinking? Oh, because God. he was swarming left. For, anyway, it has nothing to do with this conversation right now. But, but the, bo- you, the boiling you, point. thank you for bringing that into this conversation. Uh, um, <laughs> and it's, it's, it's funny because we're getting close to the end here. Um, but we, but I have, a, yeah. I have a, a, another serious question for Dr. Van Buskirk. No. Right. Actually, in, a, in all seriousness, though, I mentioned you being a Renaissance man. Um, give people a flavor of what, you know, you, you, do, you do a bunch of things. I mean, I know right. you're big, you know, into a number of sports supporting um, organizations. You're a musician. I think you're an actor of some sort you, <laughs> recently. Well, I think that anyone listening who is a real athlete or a real musician or or a real actor would, would take – and maybe even a real lawyer would take offense <laughs> to me uh, uh, being described in any of those terms. But sure – I no, think uh, I'm being I, serious now. No, I think I do a number of, of things like everyone else, um, and and mostly just because uh, those activities give us all a chance to be part of a community, right? Mm-hmm. And here, as you both know, like here in a smaller community, we have this tremendous opportunity to actually participate in things. So mm-hmm. it's possible here to go play in the community band and uh and it's possible to go um play um in the local rugby club and it's possible to coach some hockey and it's possible to be part of the you know the lawyers uh, uh dramatic productions that take place <laughs> at the at the imperial theater it's possible to do yeah. all these things in part because we live in this small community yeah. and it gives us a chance to uh y- you know to to participate in the community mm-hmm. and, he, and 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 you do a lot of that and and pe- a lot of people the benefit including my son who got who was coached by kelly and 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 a few times told me da- dad um, you know, because Kelly would uh, would would commonly say, "Okay, Mr. Vale, <clears throat> what do you have to say?" After he gave this beautiful fiery speech, and then and then <laughs> all the kids would look at me, and and I would say, "Yeah, just try my best to say whatever came to the top of my head." And then at one point, Liam says, "Dad, you know, we really got to work on your enthusiasm." <laughs> oh, <laughs> true story. I true love story. it. Oh. So so Dave, we don't have time right now, but you. That's two things I have to tell you about in a future episode. Yeah. Remind me to, t- uh, to tell you about the time when the professional wrestler told me I should never go out in the ring and address the audience live, okay? Okay. That one. And yeah. two, yeah. my my big flub up in front of the president and the chief marketing uh, dude at the Sea Dogs. Oh, I can't When I use a hockey term that doesn't exist. It's a football term. <laughs> uh, but those are for future episodes. So well, before, before we go... <laughs> You have a podcast. Yeah, if we wanted to oh, okay. pass it. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. I'm like, tell exciting. Us about, um, upcoming. Kelly, upcoming podcast. Right. Um, tell, tell us about it. Well, um, my law partner, Mel Norton, who both of you know, uh, suggested that we should, we should consider this idea, um, in part based on uh, the work that both of you have done um, 
in in this uh, realm. Particularly me, I think. Mostly Dave, yeah. right? But yeah. but uh, I think I think Greg contributed uh, a little bit he's to my, it. He's my co-host. Guess host. Yeah, and so so um, Mel and I thought that it would be interesting to do this kind of thing totally. uh, with um, with business people in the community and to ask them questions about um, their perceptions in terms of achieving success in business um, and how the law, you know, affects them and how it, you know, how it interplays with their business. So we, we are in the process of doing it is, that. It is called? Uh, that's a good question. But I, that's it's the name of the podcast. That's a good question. Yeah, that's a good question. That should be the name of it, actually. Nice. Oh, yeah. 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 That's a good that's question. That's a good question. Because we all because all business people, like what you just talked about earlier about the whole contracts and employees and stuff, like for me, I've got a million that's a good question questions for you on that. Right. Maybe you've got a name. And by the way, wow. the boiling point did not have a name until David Olson came on. And he, okay. he's like, this is like the boiling point here. Jeez, it's so, so hot. hot. Yeah. Um, it's still we, that way, by the way. Yeah. Well, True. No, but but you know what? <laughs> We're still wearing our clothes. Yeah. Like in future, oh, yeah. in we would get down to our start, boxers. We start stripping like, down seriously. It's so darn hard. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so let's let's let's. We got it. We're wrapping up. How do people uh, reach, learn more about you, Kelly? Well, I don't. I don't think anybody really needs to know more about me. I think they. I think the let's idea say, is. Well, let's so pretend humble. they do for a second. Well, I, I mean, I'm, let's say someone was interested enough. Well, my law firm is Lawson and Creamer, so and so we're findable on the Lawson internet. Lawson and Creamer. Well, yeah, and it's it's www.lawsoncreamer.com because on the internet you got to do the w three times <laughs> yeah that's and and you guys may not be up up on that but i can tell you that uh hey, no, 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 next time you, next, <laughs> kelly, next time you do this kelly you got to start with the https <laughs> colon slash, <laughs> slash 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 yeah well no this, this is good um <laughs> okay now <laughs> dave do you mind just if you could just grab that knife out from So I I just want to thank <laughs> Kelly Van Buskirk, lawyer, musician, Easy. Ma- coach. magician, <laughs> coach, yeah. um, head coach, head coach with his assistant coach, author, um, substitute professor, door opener, <laughs> professor, and now podcaster. podcaster. Yeah. Oh my god. Thank that's, you, Kelly. Hey, awesome. thank you bo- thank to you. both of you for uh, inviting me. You know what? It's always fun to talk to you guys, so yeah. thank you very much. And Kelly, to me, like, if you've got any uh, books that you would like to give out as a contest or something, we, oh. we could push this really hard All right. uh, in our Bowling Point community. And if you've got a book you want to give away or anything, sure. just to bring more attention can, to can it. Can I tell one final story? Yeah, of course. Okay, and then we get to end my story? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I'll say goodbye right now. See you guys. Okay. So, uh, but Greg, this is an important story. For you. Like, so for people that want to see what Kelly looks like, go to leadershipunleash.ca and look at the interview I did with him. So you know the idea in a newspaper. I have a column. Greg is, and you've been in it, and yep. Kelly's been in it. And you know, you know, they put the the good pictures like above the fold front page. Right. They put yeah. your picture. No. <laughs> They put this really handsome fellow named Kelly Van, Dr. Right. Van Buskirk, and then and they put my picture way at the bottom, right? And then all I did is open the business section, and bam! I just I just saw Ke- this picture right here. You got to take a picture of that. There okay. you go. That's a picture from 15 years ago. Okay. No, no, Kelly Smocks. I'm gonna take a picture of you right now. Ready? Okay. There we go. 
So we will release. We will release that on the Facebook, actually. Yes, on the Facebook. HTTPS colon slash backslash. So all I'm saying is that when this gets out, you know, it'll probably be a big picture of Kelly, and then you and I'll be, you know, kind of the ones below. Even even and my picture, you might notice on the boiling point. I have a full head of hair. How about this, guys? <laughs> is is that That's Robert true. Simmons magazine that you were both featured in? It's still models? in my bathroom at Hemings House. <laughs> like if you go to pee yeah. in the washroom at Hemings House, there's about nine of those magazines stacked up on top of the toilet. And I've never asked you guys this, but would you be willing to both autograph that for uh, me? I'd be honored. 100%. Excellent, thanks. Multiple copies? Well, well, how many copies just do you want? The, just the blown up one that we have hanging in the office lobby oh there. That'd Dave, be great. That's and Dylan, hear what, what he's saying, what Kelly's saying. We are going to do this. There's going to be a very special gift coming your way <laughs> All right. of the blown up uh, form that's going to hang on the wall at Lawson and Creamer. It will hang on the lo- a wall. <laughs> and, we'll get, and, we'll, and we'll get from Robert Simmons one Remind of the, me the and tighter I'll tell you. bowling point t-shirts we have. <laughs> Have you seen these? <laughs> no. They're there, man. Oh, yeah. Check them out. <laughs> Check them out. Okay, we got to wrap it up. we got another right. guest. But, um, Kelly Van Kelly, thank, thank you, you so thank much, you, man. Thanks, guys. Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com and on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit Hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling. Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.